I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emily Cunningham. And I'm Anthony Pettiford. Welcome to Gym City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. So today we're going to be talking about anti-racism and what that term anti-racist means. And I know it's been kind of thrown around a lot on social media, particularly as people have been talking about Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. So we thought it was an important topic to talk about what that actually means. So I want to start by talking about kind of something that we hear a lot in mainstream media. And that's the classic sentiment when talking about racism to say, well, I'm not racist. We hear it from our friends. We hear it from politicians. The attitude is everywhere. And it may even be followed up by saying an even more problematic statement. Here, take a look at my black friends. As if having black friends alone makes you quote unquote not racist. So anti-racism goes a lot further than this. And Ibram X. Kendi in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, says, quote, the only way to undo racism is to consistently identify and describe it and then dismantling it. And it's clear from that one sentence alone that anti-racism is a lot more than not being racist. Anti-racism is the process of being actively against racism, not simply not racist. And I think the actively portion of that it's kind of the key here, right? It's like, I am attacking this notion of racism. In his book, he kind of goes through stages of his life where he unpacks and talks about his journey to anti-racism and how his, his journey and the journey of everybody is up to anti-racism is never ending. You always have something to learn. It never ends. The sentiment of being anti-racist is very interesting, especially now where you do hear people say, well, I'm not racist. Uh, But people take the idea of I'm not racist as in, I don't do anything that is racist. I don't go out of my way to be racist. But what you're asking for is anti-racism, which is standing up against it. What are you gonna do to combat racism? Uh, That is the idea of, uh, you know, I'm not racist, but my grandfather is but he's an old man, there's no point in changing him. The anti-racist side would be to confront that grandparent and say, hey, that's that viewpoint is wrong. Um, and, mm-hmm. and taking the steps to change that, uh, being on the offensive versus the defensive. Well, yeah, and, and what you said kind of makes me think that saying, well, I'm not racist is oftentimes reactionary, you know? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes someone may say, well, I'm not racist, take a look at my black friends after you've accused them of being racist or of doing something that hurt people of color. So I do think it's interesting that that phrasing is often used in a time where where you kind of are reacting out of a necessity of needing to defend yourself. Abram X. Kendi states that there are individuals that do not represent the race. Mm-hmm. It seems that black people are held to the worst actions of the individuals. Like if a white person does something bad, It's a bad apple, but Mm -hmm. black people are held to a different standard, and that standard is the worst action of a single individual. Well, we see this 
this same idea play out in terrorism, you know, right? A a Muslim person commits a terror act, and so the, the Muslim entire religion and region in general are now terrorists. terrorists, right? Which is absurd, considering <laughs> that you know a majority of of mass shootings in our country happen from white males, mm-hmm. but nobody's going to look at me as a white male and say, "Well, there's been mass shootings that happened from a white male. Uh, you're clearly a mass shooter." Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, an, an issue that that happens is one person can't represent the entire group, especially when you're representing that person from its worst actions. Because in any group, there's outliers on both sides. Mm-hmm. You have people that do incredible things. You have people who do terrible things. You have people who are just your average person. But that's where the stereotype comes from. It's the the stereotype that all Asians are smart. Uh, unfortunately for, it seems like with Middle Eastern people or black people, it's violence. Mm-hmm. That is the stereotype you are known for. You are known for being dangerous. You are known for for the percentage of hijacking a plane but I'll tell you, when we got on an airplane, I remember a woman seeing people get pulled out for TSA checks. And it was like, this wasn't random. Mm-hmm. They're all Middle Eastern mm-hmm. or, you know, of that background. You know, so while we're here, too, I want to touch on this concept that you mentioned a moment ago, as you mentioned, like Asians being good at math, being a stereotype. And I think there's this notion of like positive stereotypes versus mm-hmm. negative stereotypes, which I kind of call baloney on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we talk about stereotypes, really the the big detriment in a lot of aspects is putting people in a box. And, you know, if that box is that you're a terrorist, obviously that's a that's a hard box to be in. Um, and it's going to really reflect itself in your life. But at the same time, if that box is like, because I'm Asian, I'm good at math, like that certainly is harmful too. If you're good at math, okay, so you you're good at math because you're Asian is what somebody's going to see. If you're not good at math, then all of a sudden you're not living up to people's expectations because they think this Asian guy in my office, he'll kill it at math, right? So both sides of the spectrum on those stereotypes are negative. You know, we've talked about this theme of stereotypes. We've talked about Mm -hmm. these items pertaining to what anti-racism is. What other themes have we seen that came up throughout this this book and throughout the conversations that pertain to anti-racism? I think that colorism really goes hand in hand in checking your biases. Um, Abraham X. Kendi talks about that in his book. And with colorism, it is perceived as like, you know, people with lighter skin are, you know, more likely to succeed, for example. And people with darker skin are, for example, dangerous. And that is a direct result of colorism. Well, and I think colorism you know, is, is an interesting conversation. And it's one that I think is oftentimes overlooked. And in fact, Anthony, we were talking the other day about some of the issues of colorism with being like white passing. Mm-hmm. But like certainly those can lead to, to issues as well. Colorism has been an issue in all of the, uh, I hate to say POC um, cultures, um, the idea that the lighter you are, the better off you are. Um, even in Asian cultures, um, the closer to snow you are, the more pure you are. There's the idea that uh, if even if you are African-American, the lighter you are, you will get better roles. Um, with Hispanic people, you will see more light-skinned Hispanic people on TV than you will darker Hispanic. Um, 
there just always has been this issue. And, you know, because of the climate we're in now, things have been brought up to the surface and are dressed more. But yeah, uh, I've, I went from knowing what colorism is to hearing about it more. And you see more examples when you look on TV and there aren't that many dark skinned African Americans or dark skinned Hispanic, dark skinned Middle Eastern people on TV in these roles. Well, you know, and I think what you, one of the, the words that you said stood out to me and you said pure, right? As like whiteness is often associated with purity mm -hmm. and blackness is often associated with dirty or, or not, you know, not pure ultimately. Yeah. There's light and dark. I mean, Star Wars literally says the dark side. Yeah. So, you know, I think even that association is problematic. Like, of course you want to be pure. Of course you want to be on like that, the positive association side of a, a color spectrum. And I think there's also, I mean, and that's a conversation for another day, but like there's even the irony of, you know, like white people trying to be darker. Um, mm -hmm. I never thought about that. Yeah. There's tanning is what you do to be more attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's certainly like a conflict here and, and I think what you're saying is, is absolutely correct. Like in the media that we see, the people of color who are represented are very light. And that goes hand in hand with like tokenism in media. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to find the person who looks the closest to us mm -hmm. as white media, but still gives us the ability to say, well, we have a person of color on, mm -hmm. on our team, or we have a person of color who's represented in our movie or in our newscast or whatever it may be. Yeah. Anti-racism sounds like a weird extreme right now, but it is the direction that I believe we need to be going. We need to be going on a more offensive uh, movement considering racism. Uh, like I said before, um, the idea of I'm not racist means that you're not doing anything at all. You're not being racist, you're not being anti-racist, but we need people to be anti-racist. That's how things change. Thank you for tuning in to Gym City Diversity. Come back next week as we dive deeper into diversity and inclusion. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, visit our website, www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton.